considered very, very important. I pray that God will share with you, just like I believe he's been sharing with me. Uh, this is so, so important. Uh, it's simple, but it's very, very important. I pray that we get this, uh, that uh, we know who we are in Christ. Sometimes it's the simple things that really matter. We have a way of making things too complicated. And so God leaves us out because we are really walking in the flesh instead of in the spirit. Uh, we try to complicate these things, but God is good. Father, I just ask that you speak to us tonight. Minister to us, Holy Spirit. Thank you so much, Holy Spirit. Thank you for anointing our hearts to have the ear of the learned according to your word so that we can understand deep truths from your word. In Jesus' name, amen. I titled this, The Force of Righteousness. If you are a man, on Saturday morning, we have breakfast, you got to be there. If I don't see you, I'll come to your home. Get you. <laughs> the force of righteousness. I think we use the word righteousness, and, and most people think when they hear the word righteousness, well, it's sinlessness. That's not true. Righteousness is not the same as sinlessness or being perfect. Righteousness is just the ability to stand in the very presence of God and feel no fear. In the Old Testament, to go into the Holy of Holies, that was a frightening thing for the priest. He could lose his life. They did everything they could just to get right into God's presence. And if things were not right, they could lose your life. It was hard to just be in God's presence. It's not that easy to be in his presence. He's so holy. No man can approach him. But righteousness gives you the privilege to be in his presence and have no sense of guilt condemnation or fear. You're just right there in His presence. And believe me, that's the greatest blessing that God has blessed us with. The blessing of being able to be in His very presence. And don't feel a sense of guilt or fear that you are right in the very presence of God. Remember, Isaiah talked about the angels. They had their eyes. It's an awesome place to be. And only the righteous can be in his presence and be so comfortable. Comes with a lot of privileges. Comes with a lot of privileges. When Adam was created, he was as righteous as God is. Adam had no sense of guilt in the presence of God. It was like normal to be in his presence. When God showed up, there was normal conversation. There was not a sense of inferiority. He was comfortable to be in the presence of God. 
Now, when he lost that, he had to hide. To be righteous and to be able to stand in God's presence and not feel a sense of guilt leaves the person with a whole sense of authority over created things. Adam had that. He didn't have to be told. God gave him that. He knew it. He could be in God's very presence. He gave him authority over the created things. He was righteous before God. But as soon as he lost that, he lost the authority. And everything came down. He was naked. He saw it. Exposed. No protection. All gone. His righteousness gone now. That means his right standing. The ability to be able to stand in God's presence gone. He was exposed. Naked. And he knew it. Fear came. He had to hide. Couldn't be in God's presence. Didn't even want to hear his voice. I heard the vo- the, your voice in the garden and I hid myself. Don't want to be near it. He lost everything. All the blessings, everything that was available to him. He had no need. No sickness, not, no, death couldn't even take him. They were not equals. Death was below Adam when he was righteous. But when he lost it, he lost everything. And what Jesus came to give to us, that the Bible tells us, Second Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21, He who knew no sin, he became sin for us. That we might become what? The righteousness of God in him. We don't understand what God's given to us. I don't think we do. Receiving righteousness from God transforms a man's life. It's so powerful. Once you truly believe... And you accept Jesus into your life and truly believe, I don't care how wicked you were, your life is transformed. You've seen that, that's why you're here. Your whole life, the way you think, everything is transformed. You see things differently. When Jesus comes into your heart, guess who came into your heart? The righteous one came into your heart and he transforms you. That's why it shouldn't be any big deal if you heal the sick. It shouldn't be any big deal. We make it big deal. I know the religious thing is, well, God healed the sick. That's not what the Bible said. Jesus said, you go preach the gospel, right? Heal the sick. Who? God healed the sick? No, you... Heal the sick. Don't add words into his mouth. Just accept what he says. You heal the sick. You cleanse the lepers. You raise the dead. Freely you've received. Who received? You received the ability to heal the sick. 
Why? These signs follow them that believe. Because you've been made righteous. And you have good standing with God. How important is righteousness? How important is righteousness? Let's give you an introduction there. Matthew chapter 5 verse 6 says, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. When you are full of righteousness, your life will be right. If you're full of righteousness, your life will be full. You will lack nothing. So Jesus says, if you hunger and thirst after righteousness, if you find that in your heart, to do right, to please God, you are a blessed person. Many times I hear Christians arguing about what's wrong. What's wrong with that? You heard that? Everybody else believes that's not right, but they're arguing. They want to go ahead. Well, guess what? You have no hunger for righteousness. Now, when Jesus says here, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be full, that's filled, full of righteousness. God's going to give that. So what? I got righteousness now. So what? No. What that means, every door is opened to you. You can never lack. Because you get this. It's a big blessing to be righteous. Your life cannot be ordinary. If you understand the righteousness that God is placed inside of us. You know why we, we keep feeling condemned? Condemnation? Because Satan doesn't want you to know you're right. Because if you really have that awareness, he can touch you. You're untouchable. He can do anything with you. There's nothing he could do. He knows to leave you alone. If you have that consciousness... If you have that consciousness of being right with God, I didn't say being perfect with God. I didn't say being sinless with God. The fact that you can stand in God's presence, I wish God would reveal this to us, by the power of the blood of Jesus, Hebrews chapter 10 verse 19 says, Come boldly. To come boldly into His presence. God inviting you into His presence. He got the word, if you read in Hebrew chapter 10, going down, God's ready to give you anything you want. Read the scriptures. His case come with full assurance of faith. Because God who promised is faithful. And he can invite you to come with boldness. You don't have to be afraid. Just come with boldness. So you are blessed if you thirst after righteousness. You are really cursed if you don't have any thirst for righteousness. It should be frightening to you. If you find yourself not wanting to go to God's house. If you can go for weeks without, without having a time with God. 
and it doesn't bother you, you are developing a hardness of heart. And that's going to hurt every other thing in your life. And the funny thing is, when things begin to go wrong, Satan doesn't want you to see that it's because you have no hunger for righteousness. Having that right standing with God. We are in a battle. It's a big fight. The fight is to make you feel down there and you can't get to God very much and God will meet your needs because this and this and this has happened in your life. And this thing is a real struggle. When you don't have that and that sense of righteousness in you, it's hard to believe. So you struggle with unbelief. Even though you're saying you're believing. But deep inside, you know you don't have the muscle. Faith is not there. I've been there too. Amen? We've all been there. But having that right standing with God, knowing all is well with God in me. I'm fine. You can't be touched. And so when I'm, when I'm in Africa, sometimes they tell me, you know, these, these witches are planning, they're coming and they will go and fast and pray. And it's just stupid. Why would I pray for a demon? Uh, the demon they, can't, they should be praying. Because there's no way I can be touched. I came here to do God's work, works of righteousness, and they're going to attack me. That's never going to happen. Forget that nonsense. Perfect? No. I just know I'm in, in Christ. That's why I like John chapter, chapter 14, verse, verse 20. He says, in that day, you will know that I am in the Father. And you are in me. And I am in you. We're like one. When I show up, Jesus just showed up. How can a demon see Jesus and he's thinking about attacking him? That's not going to work. But you don't have that sense if you don't have this hunger for righteousness. Let me tell you, this is so important. The righteousness of God. It gives you everything. This scripture I found and kind of a curious scripture here. You have to... You have to really understand this. In Psalm 33, verse 4 and 5, it says, For the word of the Lord is right. God's word is right. And all his work is done in truth. God's word and truth are synonymous. The same thing. Thy word is truth. The word is right. He, God, loves righteousness. God is not just righteous. He loves righteousness. God loves righteousness. So if you hunger and thirst after righteousness, oh, you will be loved of God. Because God loves righteousness. He is God. He just loves righteousness. Why is he telling us this? He loves righteousness and justice. The earth is full of the goodness of the Lord. Now how do you tie this with God loving righteousness? What God is saying here, if you love righteousness, the earth is full of goodies from God. Amen. 
They are all available to you if you love righteousness. That's what he's saying. There's no way to put those together. He loves righteousness. Blessed are they that hunger and thirst after righteousness because they're before, full of what? All of the goodness that God is put on the earth. He says the earth is full of his goodness. Every good thing God placed here. If you are righteous, you attract those good things. They come to you and you'll be full of them. You know, we're not talking, this year we talked about the year of abundance. I'm hearing strange things are happening in our congregation. God is doing a lot of miracles. I don't, we don't say that here. Uh, but I had somebody that had a bonus, I think, probably over 100,000 because that's what seems to me. And there's another fellow, like I said, he's expecting about 50. God's doing things here. God's doing things here. And we really need to stand, you know, the thing about it is we're so focused on those little things. I, I just don't understand it. You and I are trying to get away from those little things. I don't like to argue about things that don't make sense. And as I'm talking about color of flowers and all of that nonsense, we got bigger things to do than to be talking about these little things don't mean anything. This person did this, this person did that. I don't want to hear those things. I, that's the, when you are focused, I believe, by God's grace, I know what I want from God. I need to be closer to him. I need him to talk to me. I need him to call me son. I mean, if you heard him call you son, when God speaks to you and he calls you like Jesus called that woman daughter, that's a real blessing. I like to hear him say, son, I don't want you doing that. I don't want you saying that. It, that's good. Because once he says that to me and I agree, my life is reversed. Because righteousness begins to do his work. At that stage, I position myself for righteousness that's already given to me to work in the natural. You're already righteous. He just needs to show up, show up in, the, in the natural. Because he's already there. And when you align yourself to what God is saying, that's the word. The word of God is right. It's when you argue against the word that you don't see the fullness of his blessings, the fullness of the things, his goodness on the earth. That's the issue here we're fighting. I'm beginning to realize that everything I can obtain by faith. I, I just believe that. That's why I've made up my mind by the grace of God. I don't care what you think. I can never suffer poverty. It's never just going to happen anymore. I made up my mind based on what I see in the scriptures. That's the right word, right? The word of the Lord is right. Yeah, that's right. I like the right one. I'll take it. I'll take it. And I'm going to stay with that by the grace of God. So that matter is settled. I don't want to wonder about, you know, where my children are going to go to school, how we're going to pay the fees and all of that. Their fees will be paid. If God had to talk to you while you're sleeping, so you give me your money to pay it here, though, not okay. <laughs> but as you look at the scriptures, he's telling you in verse 5, God loves righteousness, Right? He loves righteousness and justice. And then he tells you, the earth is full of the goodness of the Lord. So how are they tied together? 
God is telling you, if you love righteousness, you can get these goodies that he's placed on the earth. Not up there, right here on the earth. And I want them. Don't lie to yourself. You want them too. <laughs> Every one of us want it. Thank God for those who gave on Sunday. We were able to raise enough money to help with the Philippines. But it's coming from God's people. It's coming from God's people. In a reader scripture here, it says that righteousness exalts a nation. In other words, righteousness can beautify a nation, make a nation great. Righteousness. And sin is a reproach. That means shame and disgrace to a people. If you got righteousness on your side, you will never suffer disgrace or shame. In any area of life. I really believe this with all of my heart. See, the thing about it, I'm growing. Amen? I'm learning. I'm growing. I want you to grow with me. Amen? I'm trying to throw away some of those things that I've heard. That make sense in the natural. But don't make sense according to the word of God. Every time you hear the word of God, change your mind. Even if it's coming from a child. If it's there in the word, change your mind. When you don't consider it and you reject it, you're hardening your heart. You may have to go another round in the wilderness before you get it. Because you didn't accept it like a child. Unless you are converted and become like children, you shall in no wise enter. What that means, you won't enjoy the benefits of being a part of the kingdom of God. You just will not. Thank God for you, you're here tonight because you love the word of God. And God's changing things in your life based on what you're hearing tonight. You may not know it, but God is pleased. He's always been pleased. He'll never be displeased with you. But what you're doing is you're aligning yourself with righteousness and righteousness will make you. If righteousness can exalt a nation, a whole nation, if a nation can be lifted up, exalted by righteousness, how much more will righteousness exalt you as a person if you have it inside of you? That's the way I think. This thing is incredible what he can do for a man. I know what it is because when I received Jesus, he transformed my life. I mean, he changed my life. That's just the truth. I had a girl tell me, like, right after I got saved, they were not sure if I was going to last a week as a Christian. He, he was too wicked, they said. And she told me to my face, because I was pressuring her, witnessing to her. She said, well, I think your time came and God took you. That's why you were able to change. Because we all concluded you were too wicked and couldn't, this thing couldn't last. But what they didn't realize is when the Holy Spirit comes, he transforms your life. When God declares you righteous, he transforms your life. And, but after we've been saved and God has done so much work in the initial phase, we think God's felt, boy, that was a lot of work. I just got tired and I'm going to rest a little bit. No, it continues. 
God's still doing work in your life. And we have been changed from glory to glory so that God can bless us. Please read the scriptures. Read from Isaiah chapter 50 all the way to chapter 60. And see what the promises that God is giving to his church, his people. We read these things and we're just like, oh, that's nice. Oh, wonderful. I heard pastor quote that scripture. No, it's not pastor. That's for your life. That's for your life. That's your inheritance. Righteousness can exalt a person. Let me talk about Abraham's difference. Abraham's difference. Abraham was just like the rest of them. There was no big difference between Abraham and Nahor. He happened to be a righteous man. Because he could stand in God's presence. He found favor. Right? That was the only difference between... Abraham wasn't perfect. In fact, the Bible tells us God impacted righteousness upon him. Imputed it to him. Not because he did right. God just imputed righteousness on him. And he could stand before God and say, you're not going to do that. Remember? Genesis 18, God was standing right there in his presence. Did he shrink? Was he afraid? No. A sinner. He had right standing with God. And God was saying, I'm not going to do anything until I've talked to my friend, Abraham. Guess who you are? You are a friend of God. You can stand in the presence of God just like Abraham stood. In his time, he stood. In my time, I'm standing. I'm standing. And he talked to God. That was the only difference between Abraham and the rest of them. And because you obtained righteousness, guess what happened? In, in, in Genesis 12, God called him. And he listened. Did God call you to follow Jesus? Did you listen? Well, you are taking Abraham's place in our generation. Can I hear an amen? You are Abraham for our generation. God called him out. I didn't know how far I would go with my faith. But I left. I'm going to follow. The same principle, right? And God declared him righteous. Genesis 12 Abraham was called by Genesis 13, and check it, even verse 1, God was already saying, the man Abraham was very rich. Read it. 12, he got called, then 13, he was already very rich. Developed an, an army in his own home that can whip a nation of few nations. That's how what righteousness can do. This is such a beautiful thing, what righteousness places upon your life. I'm going to share this because this really hit me hard. This did. God was talking to Moses right by the burning bush. And Moses asked God, what shall I tell them your name is? Remember that? And we say, God said, I am that I am. Is that not what you hear? But that's not the end of the story. 
And the rest of it really shocked me. In Genesis 3, I mean uh, Exodus 3, verse 14 and 15, through 15, he said, And God said to Moses, I am who I am. And he said, First, you shall say to the children of Israel, I am has sent you. Moreover, I'm going for the moreover, okay? Because God has to explain himself more. Okay? Moreover, God said to Moses, Thus you shall say to the children of Israel, not just that, but say this as well. The Lord God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob has sent me to you. Not just I am, but the God of your fathers. He says, this is my name forever. How is God going to be called forever? I am? No, that's not what he says. I am going to be called forever the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. That's my name forever. That's my name forever. And this is my memorial to all generation in case you call him the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, right? That's his name forever. What did these guys do to deserve this? Think about it. What did they do? That God will call himself after these individuals. They found favor. And they were righteous before God. Not because they were sinless. They obtained this by just one thing. Now, think about this. Jacob, was Jacob righteous in the natural? Esau was a good man. Did you know that? Esau was a very good man. Think about it. Jacob took Esau's birthright and left. And Jacob knew he had done something wrong. God doesn't call himself after Esau. But Jacob was the one that did something wrong. And Jacob ran for his life because he knew he had done something wrong. And Esau really had a right to, to kill him for what he had done because he deceived him. God is birthright and God is blessing. But when Jacob returned, he thought Esau was going to destroy him. He had all these animals and stuff to bribe him. And Esau showed up. He was just glad to see his brother. Remember that? He says, what do you, you have all these animals for? He says, for your gift. Jacob was bribing him. He said, I don't need them. He was glad to see his brother. Is that not being Christian? He forgave him. He heard he was coming. He ran to see his brother who took everything from him. Who is the righteous one in, our, in the natural here? Think about it. Who would you consider righteous? Jacob or Esau? The difference is this. Esau was a good, ungodly man. He was a good, ungodly man. He could care less about the things of God. 
I mean, this is Abraham, God of Abraham. You can have that. Just give me that soup or what porridge. I don't care about that stuff. Give me my, what's the bread rice stuff about? His father told them, don't marry from these people. Esau won't listen to that. What's the meaning? You Christians argue about those because they don't really care about what God says. They just want to do what they want to do. That was Esau's nature. He didn't believe in God very much. He was a good man, but he wasn't righteous. Because he wasn't godly. And so, but Jacob was a wicked, godly man. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> and so are you and me, right? <laughs> we believed. Many of us were wicked before we came to Christ, right? But it's not what you do, it's not by works. It's not by works. So because of their faith in God, Jacob, even though he was wicked, he believed in God. He talked to God. He talked to God about paying his tithe. Remember? He depended on God. He knew he was wicked. That's how we came as well. The same route. We realize we're wicked, that we need transformation. And our faith gives us righteousness. And once you get righteous, you can stand in his presence and God can elevate you just like Isaac, Jacob, and the rest of them calling himself after these individuals. Think about David. It it is so clear there. If you read the story of Saul, Saul wasn't that, in my mind, in the natural, Saul didn't seem like a bad guy. The problem is he didn't care much about what God was saying. He did what he wanted to do. David, he was a murderer, an adulterer, a liar, and all of that. But he listened to God. When God spoke, he listened. That's the difference. And God has found a man after his own heart. He makes you righteous. So we can't boast. We just found favor in his sight. But that comes with a lot of blessing in our lives. When we have that. You see, faith and righteousness cannot be separated. I'm beginning to learn, and I talk to you (laughs) from my heart, I'm beginning to learn to really despise unbelief. Because it's a real problem. Unbelief is robbing us of a whole lot of stuff. We question a lot. And the things that we should be questioning, we don't question. The things we shouldn't question and accept by faith Those are the things we are seeking to understand instead of accepting these things by faith. And we're hurting ourselves with a lot of unbelief and hearing a lot of words of unbelief. And it's affecting us. I finally am realizing I can get anywhere I want to go if I can believe him. Because that's what Jesus said. I need to enter into his rest by believing what he says. 
You cannot separate righteousness from faith. What made Abraham righteous before God? And you can read it in, in Romans chapter 3, chapter 4 there. Abraham believed, even at his age, that he was going to be able to have a child. Because God said so. And God reckoned that for Abraham as righteousness. And that's where he became a friend of God. Because he believed. Believe me, you can have a, a, a meeting, where a crusade meeting, where you have a man who is terribly sick. It's not a Christian. I've seen this happen. They hear the word of God. They're like, I never heard that before. And they believe and God heals them. And the next minute, they are speaking in tongues. I do explain that. They received the Holy Spirit. You cannot be holy without the Holy Spirit. It's impossible. And right by faith, just believing the message, Abraham believed the message. That was what made him great before God. He wasn't believing that God is. He just believed that he could have a child because God said so. And that's what made Abraham this great Abraham, a man of faith, father of faith. I'm also saying, if you can really believe the God and father of our Lord Jesus concerning a situation in your life, that will elevate your person in the mind of God, how he does business with you. Even though it's not related to just believing in Jesus because they're all, it's all together. Believing that God can transform this situation and heal this situation, that's faith enough for God to say, daughter. Remember again the woman that had the issue of blood? Because of our faith, Jesus immediately... Now, Jesus didn't accept everyone as a child of God. He told the children, the children of Israel, you are of your father, the devil. Remember that? They said, no, we are children of Abraham. He says, no, that's not true. You are children of the devil, okay? But for this woman, that was the daughter of God. Because of her faith. Because of her faith. Your faith in rapture brings you that right standing with God. And you lose the fear. When you are in his presence... You feel his love, not fear. Love heals all things. Amen. Love forgives all things. Love never fails. You can't fear when there is love around. If you can be in the presence of God and have no sense of guilt, you cannot fear. Because you are in the presence of perfect love. And the Bible says, perfect love casts out all fear. You can be afraid. And if you don't have fear in you, nothing can take you on. That's why Jesus said, don't be afraid. Only believe. Because your belief moves you from the other side to the side of righteousness. Righteousness. And you can't be touched after that. You can't separate faith from righteousness. Many times I hear people saying, well, I don't want all these messages of faith. 
Faith, faith, faith. That's because you don't have a whole lot of understanding. Whatever is not of faith is what? Sin. That's what the Bible says. Because faith is what gives you righteousness. You cannot be righteous without faith. Faith and righteousness go together. If you can't believe and there is no faith, you are on the side of unrighteousness. Because we are not made righteous by works. We are made righteous by faith. Two kinds of righteousness. There are two kinds of righteousness. There is righteousness, which is of the flesh, or our own righteousness, and then the righteousness which is by faith. And the only one that works with God, that God will deal with when we are approaching God, is the righteousness by faith. You can't separate them from one another. And Paul lamented this because the children of Israel, they ought to have a right standing with God, but they were missing it and were not obtaining it. And Paul had regrets about this. He tells us in Romans 10, verse 1 through 3, Brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they may be saved, delivered, set free. I want them to have the righteousness of God. It says, for I bear them witness that they have a zeal for God. Just having a zeal for God is not enough. You got to have the righteousness that comes by faith. That's the blessing that Jesus came to deliver to us. I got to have that. It says, I bear them witness. I'm not lying. I know what's going on. I bear them witness. It's true that they have a zeal for God, but not according to knowledge. Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. And when you have faith, you get righteousness. It says, for they being ignorant of God's righteousness. So there is God's righteousness, and there is man's righteousness. Uh, Esau was a good, ungodly man, right? But in the natural world, he was a good man. Jacob was a wicked, godly man. And God accepts that one and rejects the other one. So you can't tell God, you got to do this for me because I've been a good boy. It's not going to work. It's got to be by faith. Not by what you've done. You got to trust him. You can't say, well, I gave $10,000 to the church. Why won't you heal my son? Oh, if you're depending on that $10,000, you don't buy healing with $10,000 from God. It's not going to work. I pay them record. They have a zeal for God, but it's not according to knowledge. For they, being ignorant of God's righteousness, so there's God's righteousness, and seeking to establish their own righteousness, have not submitted to the righteousness of God. They didn't submit to it. So you got to submit to this righteousness of God. Amen? Everybody say submission. I've got to submit to this. Because if you don't submit to the righteousness of God, you lose everything. You lose everything. 
you may not even understand anything concerning the kingdom. You constantly struggle until you get this simple basic principle that God deals with you because of your righteousness, the, the righteousness you receive by faith. That's why one person cannot be more righteous than the other person. Because it's not by works. If you got the faith, you're righteous. You got the right standing. And then, according to Paul, all things are yours. You got everything. And he tells us, for Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone who believes. I'm going to close with this. I'm going to come back again, but I've just touched it because it's time. David. So much faith in God. He was always talking to God. David was in a lot of battles. A lot of battles. I mean, spears, flying arrows, everything around him. Constant. From the time he was a boy. Where you can never read that he left the battle with a scratch on his body. Wounded. Never. Because righteousness is his shield. Amen? It's his shield. How do we apply that today? I can trust God for goodness and mercy to follow me. How many days of my life? All the days of my life. And that's what happened to, to, to David. David was the adulterer. I used to really wonder. Saul didn't do a whole lot worse than David in his actions. But he could care less about God. But David cared about what God thought, what God was doing. And so God kept him righteous. There's in so many fights. So many troubles. Plans to destroy his life. You plan it, he's gone. He was like a spirit. You couldn't, you couldn't get... I'm sure for, uh, Saul was frustrated with this young man. He tried everything. He even brought his army to try to f fight. David said, you're trying to fight just me? What's the matter with you? You're the king. But he got God's righteousness. And couldn't be destroyed. If you talk about that, we're talking about protection. What about Solomon? Solomon had just one act of righteousness because he believed God. Remember? He had all these bulls. He was really excited about God. Had all these bulls that he sacrificed a thousand bulls in one day. And God, God was pleased and God appeared to him. Now he didn't give him the same kind of anointing of righteousness like he gave to so David, his father, his was different. Wisdom became the richest man ever in that generation. Probably up to today. God has his way of doing things. But the righteousness comes. It, it works for you. It works right for you. Solomon wasn't born, I've said that before, Solomon wasn't born with the wisdom he had. Right? He wasn't born with it. His wisdom had nothing to do with brain cells. 
and had nothing to do with common sense because he wasn't born with it. He got it by faith because he obtained righteousness from God and an anointing was placed on his life and everything was his, including wisdom to run his government. We read these things and we're dealing, I have to constantly, because we're all together, I have to constantly remind myself, and be very frank with you, I'm dealing with the same God that worked with these guys. Because you tend to forget. I'm dealing with the same person that worked with him. I'm being touched by the same person that touched Solomon. And in a different dispensation, a different era, with the blood of Jesus upon my life, I've got to be different. Amen. I've got to be different. There's something I'm not getting. And I'm, I'm, I've got to pursue this, this righteousness. Jesus said, blessed are they that hunger and thirst. I want to get some things because some things don't make sense. I don't have time for all this picky, picky stuff. I've got to find something. What's going on here? I've got to find something. I've got to find something. I've said it, we're not running a group race. It's an individual race. People, some people, Christians are playing games. Uh-uh. Get serious with God, please. Get serious with God. I don't compete with nobody. I love all my brothers. If they're doing something that I don't understand, I cry out to God, please give me wisdom. I need to understand. We really need to have uh, this hunger for God to do what God's calling us to do and refuse to be weary because the joy of the Lord is your strength. I can never have that. We need to seek Him with everything that we have. Things like this bother, bother me. I'm not preaching just to you. I'm preaching to myself. I can never be satisfied. I'm not satisfied. I don't have anything together. I'm trying to get everything together. It's hard to get together. I've got to go to him. And I've got to be serious with it. And I know you're serious with it because you're here tonight. But let me let you know this. Every time that you give to God, he never forgets. He's not like man. When God says, if you seek me in secret, I will reward you openly, he means it. I got that, and I want to do it. Now is the f battle of the flesh <laughs> and the spirit. Because the spirit is willing, but the flesh is too busy. And I've got to find time for him. Amen? Would you stand up with me tonight? Please never be satisfied with where you are. I can recall things that God has done, but look, I can see things that others have done, and sometimes I put my head down and say, God, what's going on here? I do that. Because there are my brothers and sisters, they've given everything. Their lives bleed down. They're traveling trying to do things for God. I don't want anybody pulling me. 
I'm going to make that time for God for myself. I got nothing to prove to anybody. Don't care if somebody criticizes or not. I'm not living for you. We got to have that. You have nothing to prove to anybody. You deal with your God in secret. He is the one that is going to reward you openly. And sometimes those that are against you in the beginning, when God has rewarded you, they become your best friends. And they'll pray for you and hold you up. But you don't have to mind anybody. You just have to do what God has called you to do. I want you tonight to say, God, put that hunger in me. Because Jesus said, without me, you can do nothing. I need to ask him, God, open my eyes. Let me see. And let me have that hunger in me. Because if it's there, God's going to feel it. Let's lift our hands up to him tonight and begin to call on him. If you are at a place where you feel like, I, I, I got that, watch out. Because the Bible says, he who thinks he stands, let him watch so you don't fall. You can never get it together. This thing with God, he's so huge. I've got to keep searching. I've got to keep seeking. I've got to keep asking. I've got to keep knocking. You get one today, just like trouble. You have an advance today, and the next thing, another trouble is come. That's the same thing with God, because God wants to advance you constantly. And He's here with us today. Father God, I thank you. I thank you for the Holy Spirit. I thank you for Jesus. Thank you for the blood of Jesus that was shed on the cross of Calvary. Thank you for the ability to stand in your presence without condemnation according to the word. There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Who walk not after the flesh but after the spirit. Because the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made us free from the law of sin and death. Now we want to explore, we want to discover, we want to go after, we want to search for all these precious things, these good things that you've placed on the earth so that we can do your work more effectively. God grant that to us tonight. Pour the hunger for righteousness. We already have righteousness in us. We want to understand more of righteousness and the exploits of righteousness, the force of righteousness in our lives. Thank you, Father. Lord, by your name, in the name of Jesus, I bless your people tonight that everyone hearing my voice will have a new hunger in him or her that will begin to search after God so that this hunger and this thirst will be filled in our lives. We're so privileged to be in your presence tonight, Jesus. You said, where two or three are gathered together in your name, you are there in the midst of them. And Lord, we are so privileged, so blessed to be in your presence, feeling no sense of guilt. We're grateful for what you've done on the cross for us. I speak your blessings upon your people. I speak enlarged doors, open doors, Lord God, for them. That great things, great blessings of God will come upon them and over, overtake them. That the things that they find difficult in their lives will be taken out of their lives. Their eyes being enlightened, being opened, Lord, that they will see the riches of the glory of your inheritance in them 
a sense of the living God. Thank you, Father, as you draw us closer to you. We give you praise, O oh God, in Jesus' name. And God's people said, Amen. Amen. Please, we dismiss, please.